Pod Doctors is brought to you by the Kindle book, Saving Limbs, Saving Lives, Advanced Treatments to Prevent Amputations in Diabetic Populations. This book by Dr. Damien Dauphiné discusses specific patient cases in diabetic limb preservation, which highlight the modern use of wound care technology that has exploded in the last 20 years. With only one advanced therapy available in 1999, there are now hundreds of options to help close chronic wounds in diabetic patients. Dr. Dauphiné distills these options down to show patients and physicians treating these patients how combinations of these products can be used to save limbs and save lives. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon, my partner, Dr. Rafa Hussein, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon, and we are The Pod Doctors. Each week, The Pod Doctors will be discussing aspects of podiatric medicine and surgery to educate our audience on common foot and ankle problems and the latest treatment options available. We hope to bring you interesting and informative shows each week discussing Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube where you can view our videos. So please like and subscribe, and we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damian Dauphiné, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Rafi Hussein. And today we're going to talk about tendon repair, kind of a cool little case. Uh, these are fun to do. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun to do. Uh, quick, easy. Uh, they happen all the time, especially in the lower extremity. I mean, people are always dropping things or, you know, like dropping knives or whatever on their feet. So. Yes, take knives, man. Take knives from three feet can do a lot of damage. Yeah, so that's pretty much exactly <laughs> what happened. So a patient came in, right? She had a, 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 I think it was her son's birthday party or something. And I guess doing whatever, she dropped a knife on the top of her foot. And the knife came down right here across her big toe joint. She ended up, you know, um, feeling Fortun- fortunate that, it, that it's at that level because further back she could have done a lot more damage. Dorsalis oh, yeah. pedis, deep yeah. perineal nerve, could yeah. have been, yeah. Uh, so I did, you know, the full neurological exam, I did the range of motion, I did the neurologic, you know, because that's, you know, um, the ones that cause more problems, the tendons and stuff, you know, we can get rid of uh, nerve problems. Those are a lot harder to treat. So, you know, doing my full exam, you know, Boom, right here. <laughs> Cut the extensor hallucis longus tendon. I even got a little video. Where so, she's got toe drop. Yeah, oh yeah. there you go. So, totally. Thank you, TikTok. This is my uh, little TikTok account. Oh, so they sutured her up in the ER. Oh, so the, yeah, they, Did they know that it was torn? So I would assume they would attest, but, you know, it's an uh, ER. They were probably just rushing through. They didn't realize it, hopefully. But the patient's like, yeah, they sutured me up. They washed it out. It was like a few days out. Everything's kind of healing up now. But um, the toe, she says, doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's not working. I can't bring my toe up. I feel like it's dragging on the ground. So um, I was like, all right. So you know, let's get this fixed. Uh, Luckily, it was you know pretty soon after. So tendon repair. So there's a thousand you know different ways to repair tendons. Kessel, Becker, Krakow is the one I typically do. Mm -hmm. There's different variations of each, but you want a locking type suture that will help hold the tendon. Because imagine a tendon sort of like, uh, we say horsetail, you know, and it's long strands, it's solid, but it's long strands. So if you're running stitch in, in between and just pulling it through, it's gonna end up splitting those right. long fibers. Yep. So our suture style is locking, uh, gripping onto those tendinous fibers and pulling them together. 
So we'll repair the the bulk of the tendon using this gripping type suture, and then depending on how frayed those ends are or how you know clean those ends meet, we'll do some type of running stitch along them to make sure that it kind of you know sits nice and flush and doesn't have any type of problems. So and you can see most of those. Go back real oh. quick. Most of those are showing the uh, a buried knot technique technique, except for that augmented becker. Yeah. So and the the suga. So I thought, yeah, I think the the Krakow or some of the Kessler ones, depending on the tendon, yeah, are, are most helpful because you can bury the knot. Yeah, there's two trains of thought on that. The buried knot is your gold standard. I mean, you're bringing it in. The tissue will heal it around the knot. Yes, you're taking up a portion of that tendon to healing, you know, area. But in the long run, it makes no major difference. The logic behind the knot being on the outside and not in the area of tendon healing is that there's no knot impeding that wound, you know, that tendon laceration site. But then you end up having a knot on the top of your tendon or on the bottom of your tendon, which if you can balance it, great. If you can't, Great. So, like when I do my Achilles, I'll throw my knots on the side because that that tissue, you know, I have some. You can hide it a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I have a little bit of wiggle yeah. room here. But small tendons like this, the suture that we're using, it'll take up minimal space. And the suture we're talking about is almost indestructible. I oh, mean, yeah. it'll it'll tear your gloves before oh, yeah. it'll break. So we're using non-absorbable suture material. Okay. So we'll do like a bunion type incision. Yeah, just give you good exposure because you may you may have to go pretty far up to find the tendon. If it retracts significantly, you want to you want certainly to be able to find it. So start my incision, right? Dissect it down. A couple of vessels and things run along there. What I'm looking for is the laceration site. So the laceration site is here. You can kind of see on the inside, she's starting to form a little scar tissue, a little granulation tissue. So I'm just kind of buzzing through it so I can keep a nice even plane through that healthy tissue versus that um that non-healthy tissue. And we want to get down to the level of injury without causing, you know, any further trauma. That's uh, just perfect. Yeah. She just popped it perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, I was also making sure that the uh, extension lucis brevis was intact, and in which sure. it was. Everything was fine. Uh, just literally just enough to catch that long extension lucis longest tendon. And she may have had a partial tear and then oh, ruptured yeah. it all the way. Yeah, so she said we'll she felt a pop. So I mean, after the after they repaired it, I don't know. Okay. I, that's the thing. Uh, she yeah. said she felt a pop when she dropped the knife, and then she felt a pop. So I I think what you're exactly saying. I think she cut like maybe 90 percent of it, and then when she went to move her foot, she probably felt that remaining. And, um, and so we'll give the ER the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that they yeah. thought it was attached. So I'm just making sure I get good exposure, pretty much. Because we like our ER docs. Yeah. I don't want to throw them under the bus. So here I'm trying to find the tendinous sheath. I'm taking away any of that fibrous tissue or granular, uh, granular tissue. Yeah. So it's my little tendon sheath. It's, it's real good, thin. It's a good size extensor tendon there. Yeah. So dissecting up, making sure I can kind of preserve that. It was very thin. So I end up, you know, using a graft instead to help wrap it. But all we're trying to do is make sure we can find both ends. And then obviously resect out the ends that are damaged because obviously it's not smooth anymore. Uh, well, the nice thing about lacerations are they're a lot smoother than ruptures. Yeah. You've got a surgical incision, basically. Yeah. And we told this patient up front, if there's a big gap, I may have to use some type of, you know, cadaveric tendon or or, or, or something similar, collagen graft or something. But you can, um, Yeah, but if you lose a centimeter with that tendon, it's yeah. not that big a deal. They can gain that back with oh, physical yeah. therapy. But if you're talking three centimeters, yeah. yeah. So... 
So tendon repair, just like we talked about, we'll go in, we'll bring the tendons back together, and then we'll do like a running stitch over it. We also want to pay attention to repairing the um, synovial lining. So the tendon, after we repair it, will have a synovial lining that we violated, right? And we want to make sure that there's no adhesions that will form after we um, um, do our surgery because the last thing we want to do is go and repair a tendon and then end up having adhesions and then the patient's stuck back in square one. Right. So <clears throat> let's get into the tendon repair part. Okay, so he, this is where you're actually going to throw your sutures? Yeah, so this is after uh, I'm trying to free up the, the tendon to sheath, right? I'm trying to free up the tendon so I can have good healthy ends and you can kind of see me running up the, the, um, the tendon to sheath on both sides and I'm slowly just dissecting it free because... Uh, Obviously, she's got a little scar tissue because it's a couple of, uh, I think it's like a week or so out, and she's starting to heal already. And you're planning on doing, you're going to do the Krakow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Modified Krakow. Yeah. So we'll use that um, that fiber suture, uh, suture wire, whatever. Fiber wire? Fiber wire. Oh, which, 2.0 or what do you? Um, I actually don't remember which one I used. I used a smaller one on this one just because the tendon was pretty small. Um, but they're, they're so strong, honestly. Uh, it's just... It's honestly like steel cable. It's it's crazy strong. So here's my tendon, right? My tendon. I'm cleaning up the end. Nice flush cut across there. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll use a little needle to kind of hold the tension off of it so I'm not, you know. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I that learned from that from a plastics hands guy. Nice. And um, okay, yeah, cool. I thought it was wonderful. So now I'm just doing my stitch. I'm not pulling tension on that, that tendon anymore. That's brilliant. So I'll start. I've never seen that done before. Yeah, I'll start at the end and I'll start doing my running locking stitch. And then on both ends of that tendon, I'll have the free suture. And then we'll obviously we'll tie both ends um, if that makes sense. Yep. So you see I'm kind of so you're locking on, that. Yeah. Okay. And I'll try to get at least minimum of three on each side. Obviously, if we have more, I can do more. That looks like 4 0. So the, the higher the number, the smaller the suture. Yeah. For anybody who's not doing this on a regular basis. So I'm trying to take nice you know, little small bundles along the edge. Obviously, you don't want to run it through the entire thing because then you end up scrunching up the tendon, but you also want enough that you can grab, you know, um, a good uh, grip off of that tendon. So I think at this point, I'll start bringing it across. I try to lace it through, try to zigzag it through the tendon. So if I do it from one end of the tendon to the other, and then that end ends up pinching. But if I run it through the tendon, kind of zigzag it through, I'm able to, you know, keep that tendon laying a little bit more flat. So just do my, my running, my locking. Let's jump ahead. There That's we go. Good. I'm on both ends now. Yep. So you just cut your your needle off and then yep. you've got your I'm your starting the other end. Yep. So we'll do the same thing. We'll duplicate it on both sides. Just gonna yep, there we go. Zigzagging it through the center of the tendon, preventing it from obviously compressing and, and causing any type of problems. And then I'll run it down. There we go. All right. So now so, you're ready for your hand ties. So what I typically do, I have my first assist or a scrub tech or someone with me usually. I took out the needle off that off of that uh, that tendon here now because obviously I'm trying to bring it together. I'll run a knot on one side and then I'll have the uh, scrub tech or the first assist do the same thing on the opposite side. So obviously both sides are being brought together and then with um with very low tension, I'll obviously be able to knot it. So here it looked like it was kind of pulling, so a little hemostat to kind of hold that knot from slipping. There we go. Nice. Yep. Just a little, some simple hand ties. And then we're doing both sides. Now you can see obviously the ends are brought together, but they're not 
perfectly smooth and there's there's kind of some frays and stuff in there. So then we do our next thing where we bring the suture. Um, or I usually use some type of absorbable suture at this part, mm-hmm. um, and I'll start reapproximating that end, approximating that end to make sure that um, that lays nice and flat. So we brought this suture together. I mean the tendon together. Now I'm going to do my running um, epitendinous suture to make sure that you know that lays nice and flush. You can do running locking. You can do baseball stitch. You can do whatever type of zigzag pattern you want to do, as long as it lays flat on larger suture on larger tendon. Excuse me. I'll run it completely around the tendon. On this one, I think I only ran it up one side just because the tendon's a lot flatter. And that will hopefully make sure that uh, I don't have any type of problems. And then after that, I'll go to my capsule, I mean capsule, the sheath repair. Um, And in this case, I end up using a graft just to kind of prevent the adhesions. I use like a little uh, umbilical cord graft, stem cell graft, whatever you want to call it. So now I'm starting to do the small work. So here's your yep. So epitendinous. Yeah, I think this is a three or four o vicral, um, most likely four o, and I'm, I think I already ran past it. Let's go backwards. All right, so I'm running my suture across there, uh, zipping through that superficial layer, uh, and making sure that there's no lumps and bumps on there, and then I'll pass it all the way back around and tie it back to that initial site that I have, I leave a little tag for myself so I know that I'm coming all the way back around and um, hopefully that'll make that tendon lie nice and flat so no longer feel that little bump from the initial injury. I was trying to see where I can leave that knot without it being too prominent and, um, you know, trying to make sure in the end the patient, you know, feels like I never did anything. Mm -hmm. All right, let's jump ahead. So this is a little graft I use, you know, we wash it out and everything, a little graft I use. Uh, and I'm cutting a slit to make sure it kind of fits around that tendon. I'm not trying to dissect the tendon more than I need to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the umbilical cord grafts will last about four months. They'll protect the the tendon from adhesions. They'll provide growth factors. There's no true stem cells in them because it's dehydrated. Yeah. But it but they do provide the uh, matrix components of of good healing, and so that's going to really do a good job. Of protecting the, the uh, tendon and the tendon sheath while things are scarring in. Yeah, sometimes I'll tag these down. In this case, I didn't just because there was so much graft. I was like, well, you know, it's, it's barely going to be a problem. Um, and then I'll go to my my closure, pretty much. So I'm using a 4-O-Vicro here, reapproximating my incision, just making sure that, you know, the lines line up nice. I put, you know, little hash marks on there, obviously, so I can kind of keep my my incision from shifting when I'm healing. Um, and in the end, you know, you want to look like you never did anything. I'm looking good. Yeah, subcuticular. Subcuticular. I uh, use monocryl for mine. I know people like to use different things. This is 5.0 monocryl, and I'll run it through, obviously. They'll never have any type of stitch removal because these are absorbable. So I'll leave tags on either end. So let's jump ahead. So I'm finishing off here, right? And I'll try to leave a tag on either end um, where I do my stitch. Um, some people, you know, will bury the knots. I do mine superficially, and usually around that three-week mark or four-week mark, those stitches kind of absorb out, and those tags kind of fall off. Um, there's, you know, a thousand different ways to do this. This is just a style that's, you know, do you stereo strip that as, as yeah, well? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just reinforce the skin. It looks really good. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be very happy with that, and she'll be able to move her toe. A little mass is all. Things got some steries. There we go. Some steries strips. And in the end, you know, um, she'll have a new functioning toe all over again. Maybe a little physical therapy to help keep that gliding. I mean, she's doing 
I think she's what, two, three weeks out now. So she's doing her light range of motion exercises at home. Some people put wires and stuff across these. I'm not a fan of those. I like to, you know, active range of motion, early yeah. active range of motion after these. I agree. Um, little iodine. All right. Very nice. And then recovery. I put them in a boot just so she doesn't do anything too exertional and pop those. Mm -hmm. Some people, like I said, like to do wires. There's like splints and stuff for them. You can do a surgical shoe. I do boots. I just think it's easier to walk in, honestly. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, she'll hopefully uh, have a functioning toe, no longer dragging on the carpet when she's walking. Nice. Very good. Dr. Hussein, thank you for that. That's a great case. Uh, the dangers of dropping steak knives on your foot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this lady's going to do really well and be very glad that she took care of it appropriately. Yeah. So that is it for tendon repair. And we will see you guys next time on The Pod Doctors. Thank you for listening to The Pod Doctors. We appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and watch our videos on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe, and be safe. See you all next time. Bye-bye.